0: I tell you, good spot to be today. Just calm, cool, relaxed. No stress. Good night's sleep last night. No stress yesterday. Signing day was easy for this side. No drama whatsoever. Another class that you're really excited about in the top eight once again. I, who's stressed? Other than Florida Gator fans, USC fans, Texas A and M fans and several other fan bases
1: out there. Yesterday was easy, dude. Uh, easy. Happy commit by the way, to former Oregon Duck Peyton Bowen. <laughs> yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. It's correct. It is a much different conversation and a much different tone on this show than it was one year ago to the day, yeah. isn't it?
0: That will, and that's that's how I was going to lead. Nice job. Is that was the case yesterday? Much different than a year ago, and that's the case the day after. National Signing Day as well. Uh, A year ago yesterday, sucked. It was one of my least favorite days ever on the air. When OU didn't even have a hat on the table, Peyton Bowen picks Oregon, and then Toceli Akana picks Texas to really top it off there. But then uh, a week ago today um, was was really fun when Peyton Bowen picked OU, but just, it's all... It's all good, man. It's calm. It's fine. Not a whole lot going on yesterday. There was about 20 minutes of drama, but that ended up being a farce in itself as well. So, um, yeah, man, I, I think um, we got to label OU as a National Signing Day winner. And there's a lot of those lists out there, right? Rivals has them 24-7 on three. Everyone has their Signing Day winners and losers. And no one that I've seen has put OU in one or the other category. But I'm putting OU as a National Signing Day winner because... Yesterday was just so easy for us.
1: It was easy. They're a winner. That's the easiest way to be a winner on National Signing Day. None of your commits engage in subterfuge and two-timing and theatrics at the 11th hour. And you're signing a National Top 10 class. Yeah, you're a winner on Signing Day. So, all in all, exactly as you drew it up. Now, if you have no drama and you're the 56th ranked
0: class, then maybe it's not. Maybe it shouldn't be looked at as a successful day. You shouldn't be looked at as a winner, right? But if you have the number six overall class according to Rivals, and you have a a day that's really easy more than any other team in the top 10 or top 15, then uh, I'm I'm willing to call OU a winner yesterday. So all, all the all the good vibes today. And uh, can't wait to see them all on the text line.
1: You even got Taylor
0: Tatum signed yesterday. I I, I was told that that wasn't going to happen. Huh? Interesting. Nope, wrong. Taylor Tatum is in the class. He was the last one to sign. He at was the last one to sign. Yes. Which Cherokee Sooner said yesterday that ah uh, he's just trying to get in, uh trying to get the full OU effect signing uh, at eleven a.m. <laughs> yesterday, which is great. We love to do our KRF Recruiter of the Month on the show. And in about a week, we'll be talking uh, about the K-Ref Recruiter of the Month for December. But dude, do we need to do the K-Ref Recruiter of the Year? Ooh, yes, 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 we do. Yeah? Well, text line, who do you think is K-Ref Recruiter of the Year? 405-651-3439. I bring that up because we need to do that. But two, uh, 24-7 has their recruiter rankings for this cycle. And your boy Todd Bates was number 7 Overall in the country this
1: cycle. Imagine that. <laughs> not not bad, huh? Not bad. If we're talking recruiter of the year with respect to all the Sooner assistants and the fantastic work they did, because they did do excellent work across the board, Right, everybody pulled their weight. Uh, you can't really take one assistant to task for having a less than stellar group even if you want to chastise Ted Roof for the fact that they only signed one linebacker, mm. well, they only really needed one linebacker. So everybody got what they needed. For the most part, everybody got what they wanted. But with respect to the work that was done across the board, in my mind, the two finalists for the award. Ooh, oh, 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 drum roll, please. Two finalists for the award. We're already warning it here. Okay, go ahead. No, I, I I'm nervous. Back. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to nominate three finalists. I'm going to say there are three finalists for the award. The three finalists are Miguel Chavis, Todd Bates, and Evan Jones. Okay, I thought you were going to throw
0: Ronnie Crimson out there. (laughs) (laughs) Honorable mention to Ronnie Crimson. Honorable mention, uh, Ronnie Crimson. Well, and just to go back to what we were talking about, I don't know, 10, 11 months ago, is hey man, and maybe even a year ago today we were bringing it up, that you have this great opportunity to sign the best defensive line class in recent memory, the best D line class that you've signed in a decade. You've got to take advantage of that. Let's go, Todd Bates. You got an opportunity. Make it happen, dude. And he made that happen. And he signed one of the best defensive line classes in all the twenty four. So he gets my vote. And twenty four seven said he was the number seven uh, overall recruiter in uh, in this cycle. Mojo Bo says Todd Bates. Jeff from OKC says who recruited Liam Evans. He was re- he wins recruiter of the year. Jay Nunez, everybody. Um, Liam Evans' dad texted the show yesterday. Oh, he did. And Liam Evans' dad didn't just text the show. I need to go back and find it. It was it was the text of the day. It was it was awesome because blue. I think it was blue. A green country was joking about. Hey, Liam Evans. All right, we need to start putting this kid under pressure a little bit before the first year in the SEC. And Liam Evans' dad came back with the text and said, Well. To that, yes, pressure is important. Here's at the Coles kicking camp, how he had pressure and how he overcame it, and was the best kicker at that competition. I'll, I'll go back and try and find it. It was it was awesome. It was it was really cool. Everyone loved it. Four hundred five says Todd Bates. Captain Willard says honorable mention David Stone, and I, I think that that's another good honorable mention right there with. Um, with Ronnie Crimson but seriously like we give credit to David Stone for helping get Jaden Jackson for helping get Michael Patterson McDonald but your highest ranked recruits and the best defensive line prospect you've gotten in several years what are we what are we really talking about with how much David Stone helped out in this recruiting class was it just with Jaden Jackson and Michael Patterson McDonald or is it a lot bigger than just
1: that? You know, it was interesting because we were out there at Sooner Dacquery last night at the OU Insider Signing Day Special. We were not planning on Jaden Jackson showing up. Yeah, Jaden Jackson mm. showed up, got the opportunity to sit down and chat with him. And what was super interesting was uh, he he made a very interesting revelation that Michael Patterson and McDonald confirmed. They were both like, yeah, we weren't entirely sure David Stone was going to sign with Oklahoma until the paperwork came in, just because of how much money was th- being thrown at him by other schools. Like
0: You're not saying commit. You're not like, talking about oh, guess, Yeah. So signing day yesterday, Jayden there said, was actually a little unknown
1: drama then. Jaden said, oh, and this is as close to an exact that. quote as I can get, he said, to be honest, I didn't know he was a Sooner until he signed. Well, That, I didn't was, that was kind of under the radar a little bit. He was a Sooner <laughs> until he signed yesterday. Well, but, and, and David acknowledged it. He said, yeah, other schools were throwing huge amounts of money at me. Huge amounts of money. He also said Texas could have quadrupled anybody else's amount, and I wouldn't have I, paid for them. I heard that. That was pretty awesome. Um, he said not
0: all, uh, all the money in the world can get me to go to Texas.
1: But Jaden Jackson did say, yeah, David Stone m- might have been my lead recruiter at Oklahoma, but he said by the end of it, I was the one recruiting him Jeez. to make sure he stayed locked in with Oklahoma. And it Stone made it seem like he was kind of just messing with everybody before he signed. But even so, the dudes that were closest to him were like, well, yeah, is he going to sign? Isn't he? Well, and uh, what, what what did
0: Dorkowitz say yesterday? It's <laughs> like, well, yeah, there's all these teams, just 48-hour recruiters there, just throwing out a bunch of money. It, and I think there was another head coach out there that said that as well in the SEC. Yeah, gee, I wonder who's the culprit. <laughs> yeah. Um, so what do you think? Miami was the one throwing out uh, and... Incredible amount of cash to David Stone in the days leading up to signing day. Miami was one of those. Yeah, stars. that's kind of what I would think. They finished uh, second to OU back in August, and sounds like they were trying to make a move late. But, boy, what—and I said that uh, there, there wasn't a whole lot of drama yesterday. How much drama would there have been yesterday? If there was even a thought that there was a chance that David Stone could sign somewhere else yesterday, Buddy, that would have been full-on panic. Full-on panic.
1: Yeah, just that would
0: not, I would not have dealt with that well. I,
1: imagine a world in which David Stone is the Taylor Tatum, and it's 11 a.m., and he's the signature <laughs> you're still waiting on.
0: No, no thank you. Oh, boy. 7-3 win, it's Todd Bates. He got some of the biggest wins at a position OU fans have been praying for for years now. Uh, Jim in Arlington says, don't forget Skip Johnson. He got two players uh, to OU for football, Taylor Tatum and James Nesta. And the baseball staff definitely deserves um, some credit and a tip of the cap. Brent did Brent did as much him out him yesterday. Baby. Yeah,
1: yeah. no, he he tipped the cap to Skip Johnson and that baseball staff, and they were pivotal in getting both James Nesta and Taylor Tatum to campus. Because, I mean, I, I did a one-on-one with James Nesta a few months ago where he said, yeah, I mean, because he committed after one visit to Oklahoma, and he said the comfort level that I felt not just with football but also with baseball was – a huge factor in me being able to in good conscience move halfway across the country to play two sports at the collegiate level. And it was the same for Taylor Tatum. Like you can make the argument and <laughs> I know many who have knowledge of what went on behind the scenes that would make this argument that the pitch from the baseball side was actually more pivotal yeah. in Taylor Tatum's recruitment than the pitch from the football side. Cause he always knew, right? He goes to Oklahoma. He plays for DeMarco Murray. Like that's, that in its the fact that that in itself didn't tip the scales before his ov, but it was Skip Johnson coming in and basically telling him, "Hey, all of what Muleshoe Shoe told you last week was a lie." Like that was what won Taylor Tatum over. Yeah, Skip Johnson stuffed Mule Shoe in a
0: locker. One of the <laughs> best moments of this uh, r- recruiting cycle. No, okay, so I I don't think in in what you just said about the baseball thing, I think is interesting because I'm going to guess it's not the last time that OU recruits a football player that's also really good at baseball and can play baseball here, wants to play baseball here. Now, let's let's remember one of our main talking points throughout the entirety of the 2024 class. Well, none of these kids will ever have to play a Big 12 football game. From the start of their career to the end of their career at OU, they'll be in the SEC. That's got to be a major recruiting pitch. Well, when we're talking about the two-sport athletes, man, like – Yes, the SEC is a pitch for football, but i got to think the SEC was a pitch for baseball as well for Taylor Tatum and James Nesta, don't yep. you think? Because Anytime. the the SEC, and I think it is the best football conference that's out there, but it's also really top-heavy. We've talked about it. It's Bama and Georgia, and maybe the league, though it is the best, it's a little overrated. The SEC may be its best in baseball, because it ain't overrated in baseball. LSU's got a big-time program, two Mississippi schools, Arkansas. I won't list everyone, but I just wonder in the, in the future when you're recruiting football, baseball players, yeah, the SEC pitch in football, but how much might the SEC pitch in baseball help with those
1: two? Probably a lot. And you know as well as I do, Tyler, that playing baseball in cold weather sucks. It's, I hate it, man. It is miserable. Yeah, and The worst. I know for a fact, part of the pitch that Skip Johnson put in front of Taylor Tatum was, hey, would you rather be playing baseball in March in Lincoln, Nebraska, and East Lansing, Michigan, or Oxford, Mississippi, and Athens, Georgia?
0: Where they're throwing beers up in the air after home runs are hit. <laughs> yeah, the atmosphere's a little bit different, too. Yeah, playing baseball in the cold sucks, especially if you catch a, uh inside fastball in the hands. Yeah. Make you I mean. just want to just roll down and die right there at the plate. <laughs> That's what that makes you want to do. But they used to be good in baseball uh, in Lincoln, Nebraska. That used to be a thing 20 uh, for, years for, ago. For a minute, yeah. It was, it was about a minute, but they, they had some good players up there. Not not so much anymore. SEC is the best uh, conference when it comes to baseball, for sure. Uh, 405-651-3439 is the Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line. Jada Coleman getting a lot of votes for K Riff Recruiter of the Year. Not as many as Todd Bates, but Jada Coleman might be might be sitting at number uh, number two right now in the voting. Uh, all right, more signing day reaction. We'll get to the transfer portal and a whole lot more right here on The Ref. Locked in with McComas and Thune, live on The Ref. Tyler McComas, Parker Thune, and yep, you, The Ref Army, as well, listening nationwide via the KREF app. Winnipeg, Manitoba, Canada is tuned in today. We're international, baby. We're international today. Castle Rock, Colorado, Finksburg, Maryland, I guess that's a real place, Fort Smith, Arkansas, Burleson, Texas, Vallejo, California, Charlotte, North Carolina, where, (laughs) God, you just couldn't keep, turn the ball over last night, man, it was frustrating, Huntsville, Alabama, small Oklahoma town of the day is Earlsboro, Oklahoma, K-Riff Army Locators brought to you by Affordable Door Company, where they compromise on the price, but not on the quality. Visit them online at affordabledoor.net. Affordabledoor.net, proud garage door sponsor of the Sooners and the Ref. Are they listening in Missouri? Oh, they're always listening in Missouri. They're obsessed with us here, Parker Thune. I wouldn't, be, <laughs> I wouldn't be shocked if uh, Drink was tuned in today. Which, there's a uh, question out on our uh, KREF Twitter page, at KREF Sports, if you're not following us there already. Um, which head coach in the SEC in any sports do you hate the most? and? Drinks getting about eighty percent of the responses right now. Plus, My, plus Mike I White attached. Counting for
1: the other twenty percent.
0: Um, yeah, Kim Mulkey getting a uh, okay, few yeah. votes here and there, but the photo I attached uh, of of drink was it, it, it's a doozy. Let, let me tell you, it's a good one. I found uh, Liam Evans' dad uh, his, his text to the text line yesterday. Okay, you ready for it? Let's hear it. And if you don't know, Liam Evans uh, will be a freshman kicker at OU. Five star, according to the Coles Kicking Camp, number seven overall kicker in this class. His dad said yesterday, "I don't chime in much, but someone earlier mentioned he'd need to learn how to handle pressure. No doubt, no way to practice what it will be able to, what it will be like to kick in front of ninety thousand. But a fun signal to me that he might handle pressure well was the Coles National Scholarship Camp in Gatlinburg, Tennessee, this summer. You guys have talked about how he scored 35 of 36 possible points and field goal kicking to win and be the field goal champ for the camp. He missed one in Session 1 and had a perfect session uh, the next day in Session 2. On the third day, he was tied for first with 23 of 24. Other guys and even college coaches were texting him that morning And he knew he had a huge target on his back. He could go win it all or fall apart and not even finish top ten. Sick to his stomach, couldn't eat breakfast, but he completely swallowed his nerves and went out and kicked a perfect session three. Everything was right down the middle like he had ice in his veins. Liam uh, Liam finished alone at the top with 35 of 36. 35 is the number he's worn for Moore, and he'll wear 35 for Oklahoma. I've told him that number should always remind him that he performs his best when the pressure is on. Booma. He really did attach the booma so, at the end which so, I loved.
1: I mean not to drive the expectations too high here, but it, it, it sounds like he's the next Adam Vinatieri. Is what it's sounding <laughs> yes. like to me.
0: Yeah, and as many game winners as Adam Vinatieri had in the biggest games of the year, that's that's going to be Liam Evans. That that is a that's a great text though and a great story. Well, though, isn't and what
1: it? what that number thirty five should also serve as, as far as reminders are concerned, for not just Liam but for the fans as a whole, is that he's not going to be perfect. All right, like he he will miss a kick at some point. There He may miss a costly kick at some point, but that test, that story right there is a testament to just how ready that kid is going to be to jump into the fray and compete for starting duty as a true freshman, and that is an area right now where the Sooners need an upgrade badly, yeah. and doesn't really matter where that comes from. It can come from anywhere, but they need to get better in the kicking department, and Liam Evans is one guy that can show up and from the jump. Make Oklahoma better in that area.
0: Uh, I mean, I appreciate him texting uh, and obviously listen to the show, but to provide that type of story along with it was was, was great. I, I love that. Cherokee Sooner says, "God, I can't wait to get up to Columbia and kick the crap out of the Meth Aggies." Is that what we're calling Missouri, the Meth, the meth, Aggies. meth Aggies? Oh, please let that stick, please. Can, can we all can we all get on board with calling Mizzou the Meth Aggies, and and we all know who we're talking about. We've got the Sand Aggies in Texas Tech this year, and now the Meth Aggies in Missouri. My my heart is full. My heart is full, and my uh, my holidays are going uh, fantastic. If if that can happen,
1: Tommy on the text line says new signees can practice with the team but not play in the bowl game. Uh, yes, so that is the case, Tommy. Uh, new signees can choose to participate in bowl practices with the team. However, in doing so, they forfeit the ability to play in any postseason showcases. So, for instance, Nigel Smith is going to go through bowl practices for Oklahoma. That means, however, he's not going to be able to take place in the All-American Bowl in January. But, you know, for a lot of these kids... They don't really care about the showcases at this sure. point. They just want a taste of college football. So there are several, and Nigel Smith rattled off the full list with us on the OU Insider Signing Day Special last night. So it's him, Jaden Jackson, uh, Michael Hawkins, Devon Mitchell, uh, Jesus Xavier, it's Xavier Robinson. Team. It's pretty good
0: team shaping up here. Not Xavier bad.
1: Robinson, Eli Bowen. Mm. There were a couple. Of, I think he said there were eight total. I can't remember off the top of my head. Uh, who the could, last could that tour, team but. beat
0: the current Texas A&M team or the current USC team at this point? <laughs> Maybe so. Maybe so. Seven three one for the state of Tennessee. Four years of a kicker going thirty five for thirty six. Sign me the blank up. Yeah, me too. Me yeah. too. For- Sooner Jets is uh, on board with Meth Aggies. By the way, three uh, crying laughing emojis. Jeff from OKC says thought the Meth Aggies were Arkansas. We'll figure out a name for Arkansas in
1: due time. Don't worry about that. <laughs> Jane Tulsa says, hey, guys, we ought to poach the Beth Aggies kicker. That fat SOB can kick the <laughs> hell out of a football. Uh, Mevis, is that his name? Yeah, The he, thicker kicker. God, he,
0: he's the uh, – do you ever play NCAA football when Pat McAfee was at West Virginia and they had him as the fat kicker on, on the game? No. And obviously Pat McAfee, I mean, he kicked in the NFL because uh, he was – He's a punter in the NFL, but he was the actual kicker at West Virginia too. And yeah. missed a couple kicks, cost him a spot in the national championship game. But Meavis is a he is a thicker kicker, but man, he can he he's good from like sixty plus yards. It was extremely annoying watching that this year. Hey, um, so a year from now not a year ago, a year ago, that was kind of the whole uh the Peyton Bowen stuff that we were talking about. But a year from now, we are going to and, and actually at this point. College football playoff games will be going on one, one year from, wow. from right now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's going to be three games, three of those first-round 12-team playoff games on December 21st of next year. And I bring that up because of this. We're talking about National Signing Day still right now. And the college football calendar in the month of December is mayhem. You've got the portal at its height. You've got National Signing Day, the Early Signing Day, which is the signing day now. You've got all the bowl games. You've still got the playoff game. Like, December is arguably the busiest month in the sport. If they're going to be playing 12-team playoff on December 20th and December 21st, do you think at any point we move early signing period to another time? Or are they just going to keep it right there in the middle of the madness when all these teams are playing in, uh, in playoff games? Just wonder if the calendar is going to change it all here in the near future. That's
1: that's an interesting question, and it's a good one. I don't know. I mean, who knows? The NCAA may be defunct by this time next year, and maybe there isn't uh, hard timelines slash deadlines on anything. I don't know. The future is just getting more and more complex the deeper we get into the NIL portal era. But, Yeah. yeah, I don't know. Sorry, it's a good question.
0: Sorry for getting too serious because the text line clearly just wants to come up with names for uh, Arkansas and Missouri next year. So <laughs> I'll get back to the content that everyone is uh, craving. Cherokee Sooner says Arkansas is the family wedding Aggies. <laughs> <laughs> oh, seven One two, uh, Seven One Sooner, Arkansas is the cousin Aggies. Sooner Recluse says Arkansas is the ham Aggies. Um, <laughs> Missouri should be the homecoming Aggies from the 918 since apparently they created that. Uh yeah, you guys are great. You guys are great. Keep them coming. 405 34, 39. By the way, uh, Pete Thammel put this out about 30 minutes ago. I thought Casey Thompson was already in the transfer portal. Did I, Did I just assume that he was in the portal? Maybe what I remember is that he was getting his seventh year of eligibility. But apparently, um, if he wasn't already, Casey Thompson's in the transfer portal. So yeah, we'll, how about we'll, that, huh? we'll see what We'll see what happens there. Where, where the heck is Casey Thompson? Is he finally going to make it to
1: OU after all these years? Is he finally going to do it? I will bet you one of two things happens. He's tried to before. I will bet you one of two things happens. He goes back home, whether that is to Oklahoma or to Nebraska because, boy, could Nebraska use a quarterback right about now. (laughs) Yeah. You're really betting the farm if you're trotting Dylan Raiola out there. Next year is a true freshman.
0: Which, I wouldn't be shocked if they do that. Who, who else is on their roster right now? Cheva Purdy?
1: Nope, he hit the transfer portal. He's out. Is uh, uh, Heinrich Harburg it's still there? It's literally just Heinrich Harburg. It's Man. Heinrich Harburg and their two incoming freshmen and in Dylan Riola and Danny Kaler. Yeah, because
0: Jeff Sims, the turnover machine, hit the, uh, hit the portal as well.
1: Yeah, and they hate Heinrich Harburg up there. Like, none of those fans want to see any more of Heinrich Harburg. They're, they're like, give us anybody but Heinrich Harburg. I mean, they
0: just got their highest rate recruit since when? I mean, easily over a decade there's going to be uh there's going to be a riot up there if Dylan Riola isn't starting by like game 4 or game 5 next year. They I'm sure they want to see the true freshman badly.
1: Yeah, I think it serves them well to have a guy like Casey Thompson who just has one year, right? And so you know this isn't a long-term investment. He's not going to keep Riola off the field in the long run, but if Ryola's not ready and you're not completely confident in him to be your starter right off the bat, you have Casey Thompson as a recourse.
0: I, uh, I I did have to laugh today because CBS had their National Signing Day winners and Nebraska was listed there because, of course, they got Ryola. Bama, of course, was mentioned there. Ohio State was mentioned because, finally, they got the signature from Jeremiah Smith. But Georgia was also listed as a Signing Day winner as well. Who else could lose... Arguably the number one quarterback in the class, days leading up to signing day, and still be a signing day winner. That's how how well they're doing right now in recruiting. That Georgia can lose a player like Dylan Raiola and still be thought of as a signing day winner across college football. They're uh, they're in a good spot right
1: now. Well, they had two blue chip quarterbacks committed. They had yeah. Riola and they had Ryan Paglisi from Connecticut. So yeah, they're, it's not like they're up a creek without a paddle as far as quarterbacks are concerned.
0: Uh, pork Aggies, inbred Aggies, tooth Aggies. They only got one booger eating <laughs> Aggies. Boy, <laughs> we've got some we got some good ones on the uh, Meyer text line right now four zero five six five one thirty four thirty nine. We'll get to that. And a whole lot more. Who else could we be talking about for OU in the 2024 class? There's one notable name. We'll throw that one out next right here on The Ref. Locked in with McComas and Thune, live on The Ref. And wanted to share something really cool that our friends at Primrose Funeral Services, what they're doing today from 3 to 5 p.m. So getting uh, kicked off in about 20 minutes. Primrose Funeral Services, they're doing a toy giveaway today. Again, that's from 3 to 5 p.m. It's at Bill Eisenhower Funeral Home in OKC, eighty eight zero five Northeast Twenty Third Street. That's in Oklahoma City. Bill Eisenhower Funeral Home, eighty eight zero five Northeast Twenty Third Street. It's a like a drive through the line, and you uh, pick up a toy for kids uh, kids ages two to twelve. And kids and an adult must be present, but the toys are free. So Primrose Funeral Services is doing this today, 3 to 5 p.m. Bill Eisenhower Funeral Home in OKC, 8805 Northeast 23rd Street. Drive through the line to pick up a toy for kids ages 2 to 12. And again, kids and an adult must be present and a uh, toy is free. Pretty cool deal there from uh, Primrose Funeral Services. I found this about 24 hours ago, and I've been laughing at it for about 24 consecutive hours, Parker. Now, according to Rivals rankings, Vanderbilt had the worst recruiting class in the SEC. And, of course, I'm counting OU in Texas in this, but Vanderbilt had the lowest-ranked recruiting class in the SEC yesterday. However, <laughs> if you use Vanderbilt's recruiting class in the Big 12, you know where that ranks? It would rank 4th. In current Big 12 teams right now. Wow. Fourth in current Big 12 teams. Tech at 23, UCF at 31, TCU at 36, and then Vanderbilt would be the fourth best recruiting class in the Big 12 at 38. My God. Jeez. Game's about to change, folks. Uh, Game is absolutely about to change. Um, Let's let's hit the transfer portal here uh, quickly. Still, we're hitting the transfer portal. We we are not hitting the transfer <laughs> about portal.
1: to say, I don't know if our I can names that would that.
0: get lost with everyone else in there. But with OU in the portal, still kind of waiting on what two offensive linemen right now? Geno Vandermark and the uh, UNT offensive lineman Nuawu. If yes. I'm saying that correctly, close enough. Yeah, those are the two names that we're talking about. The most,
1: um, for offensive line, it may be just period in, I, in the portal at this point. I expect you to get both of those guys. Uh, it's just, I don't know when the announcements are coming at this point. I would have expected they would have dropped by now, but here we are. Still waiting. There's, I don't think there's anything to worry about right now, though.
0: Okay, let's say they take those two offensive linemen. Are they going to take another offensive lineman? Is that dependent on who's in the portal? What, what are their plans if they get
1: these two? I mean, here's the deal. You can never completely close yourself off to the idea of OU taking anybody. Well, I, I should say any particular position in the transfer portal, because let's just say Evan Stewart were to hit Emmett Jones' line right now and say, "Hey, I want to come to OU." You think Emmett Jones is telling him no?
0: He's like the second best player in the portal right now, exactly, according to so, most people.
1: So that'd be tough. Uh, just because you don't have a need doesn't mean you won't make an exception. I think it would be contingent upon how good of a player Oklahoma could find in the transfer portal along the offensive line. Would it be nice to have a stud to help solidify things in the trenches offensively for Oklahoma next year? Yeah, it would, but how many bona fide studs are you going to find? And so, It's tough
0: I, with offensive line, man.
1: I don't think Oklahoma is going to proactively seek out another offensive lineman if and when they land Nahuawu and Vandemark, but – if there were an absolute dude that wound up in the portal and had legitimate interest in attending the University of Oklahoma, I believe Bill Biedenboe and the OU staff would reciprocate that interest.
0: 580 says, what about D-line? 918 says, any D-tackles? Guy from Parts Unknown says, I haven't been keeping up. The Owasso slash Florida kid? He's Z- mizzou
1: Still would lean toward him being a Missouri Tiger right now. Um... Again, like it's it's pretty straightforward what the deal is right there. OU is fighting the bag, so Todd Bates needs to come up with a diss track directed at Eli. Oh Drakewitz. my gosh, probably, that would be the
0: most unbelievable thing. He should have put it. That's a great stocking stuffer this holiday season. He, he should put it out immediately. Put it out on a CD. I don't care. I'll find a, a a way to play CDs now. Whatever. If
1: Todd Bates can work up a fire diss track directed at Eli Drinkwitz, maybe that's enough to convince Chris McClellan to be a Sooner rather than a Missouri Tiger, but I would lean towards him being a Missouri Tiger right
0: now. Yeah, well, if, if he is, if he ends up going to Mizzou or uh, what do we call them earlier?
1: The, the Meth Aggies? The Meth
0: Aggies. If he ends up going to the Meth Aggies. I can't believe I already forgot that. Jeez. It's my, my favorite nickname ever. If he ends up going to the Meth Aggies, Like, look, OU's going to need portal help in the interior of the defensive line. It does help, though, that Jacob Lacey and DeJon Terry are both coming back. But it'll be interesting to see which names they circle back to in the portal. And, yeah, it'd be awesome if David Hicks ends up being in the portal and OU can circle back around with him and and maybe get him through the portal the second time around. Everyone would be really happy, but... um, they 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 uh they need interior defensive line help for sure, even with Terry and uh, Jacob Lacey coming back. Do we need to talk about any other positions? Um, O line, D line, I mean they got their tight end, unless they plan on taking another one. I mean we just talked about the trenches at this point for the portal, or are they gonna look at any other positions?
1: I don't think they're going to look at any other positions. Again, I think they will leave themselves open to potentially taking an absolute dog at one of the other positions, i.e. perhaps linebacker, if, let's just say, Brian Odom ends up landing at Oklahoma as an off-field analyst. In a world where that happens... Whatever Brian Odom's next employer is, Hmm, is well, well, that's the school that's going to be in the best shape to land Tackett Curtis. So let's just say Brian Odom would rather be an analyst at Oklahoma than go coach linebackers somewhere else across the country. Well, then uh, odds are. If you're open to taking Tackett Curtis, as I imagine the Sooners would be. Uh, they you probably, better be open yeah. to that. The kid's good. You'd dude. probably be able to get Tackett Curtis. That'd so be awesome
0: a- if they could get Brian Odom back in any capacity. Like You talk about a seamless transition. He shows up here and it's like, oh, yeah, I basically recruit all those guys that they have out there right now.
1: Danny Stutzman, I'm sure, would love to have Odom back. Sure. And, look, I like. I, I don't know where Brian Odom is going to be employed next. What I, what I think what I believe is that it would make a lot of sense for OU to do exactly what, or exactly with Brian Odom, what they did with Seth Latrell, which is bring him in in an off-field capacity until you have a vacancy on staff. Let's just say a year or two down the line, Ted Roof is ready to call it a career. Well. Your next linebacker's coach is already right there on staff. True. Uh, From the 405, going into the SEC, what position
0: group is OU better at than anyone in the SEC, if they are at all? Uh, Without combing through every single uh, depth chart and and, and what most teams look like, I, I would think safety, OU would be at the top end of the conference there. Would they be the best? I mean, Bama and Georgia are probably going to be pretty good at safety next year, I would guess. There's a track record there, but I bet OU is on the uh, – tor- towards the, uh, the the top there when it comes to safety play in the SEC next year. I would say OU to is
1: towards the top across the board in the SEC. I-, I would put them in the upper echelon at every single position. Even offensive line, we don't know what it's going to look like, but I'm willing to wager that Bill Beatonboe has his ducks in a row by next season. Um A listener in Texas asks, so is OU just not willing to pay for anyone like the Oklahoma kid transferring from Florida? It's not that Oklahoma is unwilling to pay. It's that Oklahoma is unwilling to pay past a certain point. For instance, perfect example of this is Savion Bird. And there was some chatter earlier this week that OU might be able to get Savion Bird back out of the portal and return to Oklahoma. Well, guess what? soon as that smoke started getting around, the SMU folks, they wrote a large check. Yep. And if people if people knew how large and it is not my place to disclose the exact figure, but if people knew how large that check was, they would have said, "Yeah, there's not a chance OU should have paid that much for Savion Bird." It's like NBA same- free
0: agency, but players are just getting overpaid now at yes. times. Oklahoma,
1: value. Oklahoma is willing to pay. They are not willing to overpay. And there are schools elsewhere. There's always a school elsewhere that is willing to
0: overpay. Well, maybe he'll be living in Highland Park now since uh, since he's balling down there at SMU. Daniel in NYC says, Any chance OU can get class of 2024 defensive lineman Daylon Evans from Longview, Texas?
1: Yes, there is a chance. A-
0: is he still committed to a He is.
1: Yeah. He is unlikely to sign in the early signing period. Will likely take that thing into February and... Let me put it this way. As far as Dalen Evans and Oklahoma are concerned, the interest might be a little bit higher on Dalen Evans' side than Oklahoma's side. Now, that doesn't mean he doesn't end up at OU, but right now it seems Oklahoma's priority is more so on adding another defensive lineman via the portal than via the traditional recruiting trail. But but if Dominic McKinley wants to come aboard, then yes. He's not Dominic McKinley, and McKinley is the priority when you're talking about dudes that are still going to remain unsigned until February. So it's almost like, and I hate to call him this because he's a really good player. But Dalen Evans is almost like your contingency plan at this point, right? Like well, if, you, if you start to get the sense that you're not in a good spot to get Dominic McKinley's pledge, then you go ramp up on Dalen Evans, see if you can flip. Well, it. how about what we talked about last week? Is Dalen Evans was like, yeah,
0: I can, you know, take take a visit to OU. Like he he was all about taking that visit to OU, and we'll see if it happens. But OU's like, eh, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll see, man. We'll, we maybe have better options on the table right now. Four zero five six five one thirty four thirty nine is the Knippelmeier Chevrolet text line. Final segment of Locked In is next, right here on The Ref. Dorsey Jones, Buick GMC in El Reno, bring you this hour of Locked In with McComas and Thune. Dorsey Jones is family owned and operated, established in 2020, but many of their employees have been there for more than 20 years. They have half-price oil changes on Saturdays. Go check them out in El Reno. Dorsey Jones, Buick GMC. Man, we're about, I mean, we're not that far off from uh, really starting to learn a lot of new names with the 2025 class. Um, The thing is, we are in a much different spot this year than we were last year looking ahead to the next class, because at this point last year, you had zero commits in the new class. Today, you've already got nine commits. Oh, you already has nine commits for the 2025 class, and that's good for the number four overall class uh, according to rivals so Owen Hollenbeck, Alex Knight, Trane Washington, Marcus James, Jaden Nickens, Elijah Thomas, Kamori Moore, Grayson Harris, Kevin Sperry as we start to look ahead to 2025 it's a lot
1: a lot of elite Oklahoma names that are already in that class. Worth noting you already have a two-sport guy too in the 2025 class in Grayson Harris he's going to yeah. play baseball as well so two-sport you lives on. Feels like that's going to be the case for about every single class now, right? They
0: get a football-slash-baseball player. Someone was asking earlier, is there any chance that Tatum or uh, Nesta don't even make it to campus and get drafted out of high school in the no. Major League Baseball draft? No, no. they will both be on campus. Yeah, kind of feels like that's, uh, that's going to be the case. Pete Thamel of ESPN. H- how about this as a take for you? Okay. There is a current player in college football that he believes could be the face of the sport in the coming years. Now, I think this kid's a good player, don't get me wrong, but if I gave you 50 guesses, I bet you wouldn't get it, and maybe you've already read this, but apparently ESPN's Pete Thamel... Can I guess? Can I guess? Yeah. I haven't read it. Yeah. He's a good player, don't get me wrong. Quarterback? Quarterback, yeah. Okay. How old? Uh, he will be a... I uh, don't I don't. I don't know if he used his red shirt this year or not. He'll, he'll be a second year player.
1: In uh, this this next season. Okay. Yeah. Quarterback from this past class, Dante Moore? Avery Johnson at
0: Kansas State. Really? <laughs> yeah. Pete Thamel raved about Avery Johnson's athleticism on the latest episode of the College Game Day podcast. He not only compared him to Anthony Richardson, but believes he could be the face of college football in the coming years. Whoa, oh, Okay. I like him too, Pete. But Gum, man, face of the sport for many years, that's, that's, that's a take. He's
1: a really good football player. And the fact that K-State kept him home is frankly amazing. When their offensive because, coordinator
0: went elsewhere? Sure,
1: yeah. Because uh, he had huge, huge offers from schools like Oregon and Washington. I think he had a Notre Dame offer out of high school. He had a lot of big-time offers, chose to stay home and play at Kansas State. Yeah, look, he's an excellent player. Do not get me wrong. I just question whether the face of college football can be a guy who plays at Kansas State. Well,
0: has that ever happened before? I mean, they've had uh, some really good players there. Colin Klein, Heisman finalist, wasn't the face of the sport. No, Michael, it was Johnny Manziel at that point. Michael Bishop was awesome in the late 90s, but he really wasn't the face of the sports. Darren Sproles was great, not well, the face of the
1: sport. When was the last time the face of the sport – played for a Big 12 school not named Oklahoma or Texas? Never? <laughs> I mean, yeah. I, I'm racking my I mean, brain. RG3
0: was at Baylor. He okay. won the Heisman. I Maybe mean, for
1: a minute there, RG3? For 15 minutes,
0: Baylor had it. Yeah, that, that might be where the uh, list starts and where the list ends. Speaking of quarterbacks, Muleshoe has revealed that he was indeed surprised when Malachi Nelson entered the transfer portal. But he wishes him the best of luck. He wishes him the best. He's an awesome kid with an awesome family. Muleshoe says he will continue to be a big Malachi Nelson fan and also revealed that he might take another quarterback in the transfer portal. He's got his older one. He might take a young quarterback in the portal as well. Who's his older one? Uh, He got um, the dude from Kansas State. Well, Howard hasn't goes. committed yet. He ha- oh, well, it's the crystal balls, I guess, are in for, okay. for that to happen. But... Will Howard and some other young quarterback. We'll see if Muleshoe gets his wish or not. Uh, the rush coming up next. Keep it locked on the ref.